Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. What is going on, Michigan fans? It's Clayton Safey here with the Wolverine.com to break down Michigan's 35 to 7 win over UNLV Saturday at the big house. Make sure to like this video if you loved what you've seen from JJ McCarthy. Let's get that like count up to 300 after this game because I know Michigan fans are absolutely thrilled with the way their quarterback has played. So hit that thumbs up button. On YouTube, also subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Wolverine, and head to thewolverine.com, $1 for your first month of premium access, that offer for all new subscribers. So check us out over at thewolverine.com. we got a ton of content up over there from the game. Uh, let's start with our number one takeaway, and it, it ties right in. It's J.J. McCarthy. I mean, he was sensational Again, that's a second straight week, and it's it's clear now. I know these aren't world-beater opponents in ECU and UNLV, but his growth from last season to this year is very evident uh, in so many different areas. But he's 22 of 25 in this game, um, 278 yards, two touchdowns, both of them to Roman Wilson, had the 47-yarder on a beautiful pass. Uh, they've done a fantastic job of running play action. He led the nation last year with over 13 yards per attempt on play action passes, but they used it uh, less than just about anybody. And, you know, I think a lot of that was being a little bit more vanilla in some of these games. They knew they were going to win some of the games. They won big, not opening up the playbook, but they've gone to it a little bit more early on this season to work on it. They said they're trying to marry it up with some of the more, some of the, uh, the early down run game stuff. And they've really done it to perfection. Literally JJ, so far this year, 12 of 12 with that touchdown on 
play action passes this season. He was six of six in both games, but uh, even better this game. And you can really see them sucking in the defense when you're given a, a play fake to a Blake Corum, uh, especially, or a Donovan Edwards, or one of Michigan's running backs, just because of the threat that those guys pose. But uh, I thought JJ was was fantastic, going through his progressions, moving his feet. We did see him use his feet in this game a little bit more too. He had three rushes for 38 yards, had a 17 yarder that set up a Blake Corum touchdown, uh, had a quarterback draw up the middle that picked up a first down. So you're kind of just seeing him pick his spots, be really comfortable. It feels like the game's moving slow for him. Now, he's not getting pressured much. Credit to the offensive line. They haven't allowed a sack yet. Uh, he doesn't have, you know, future NFL guys flying into, you know, in his face and everything like that. So we'll see how he plays as the year goes on and as the competition gets tougher. But so far, so good from J.J. McCarthy. You see the stats there. I mean, eight different receivers, uh, several guys with, with three or more catches. It was nice to see Tyler Morris get involved there. Uh, after being limited in week one, Cornelius Johnson gets going once again. And, and of course, Roman Wilson becoming that favorite target. Five touchdowns already now for Roman Wilson. He had four last year receiving, two rushing, but three receiving touchdowns in 2021. So he's already surpassed and has a career high now in receiving touchdowns. It seems to be J.J. McCarthy's favorite target at this point. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. And it was really another dominant performance by the Michigan defense in this game. Uh, they were living in the backfield. Michigan with 10 tackles for loss in this game, just the third time they've had double-digit tackles for loss since the beginning of last season, first time. But this year, obviously, five sacks after none last week. I know East Carolina was getting the ball out quickly. Michigan still got a decent amount of pressure. But every guy we've talked to throughout the week, and some of them after the game too, said they were frustrated by the lack of sacks in the opener. Uh, Jalen Harrell said it. Braden McGregor said it. Kenneth Grant said they were talking all week about how they need to get sacks. Well, Derek Moore gets the first one for Michigan. In the first quarter, they get four. In the second quarter, uh, Jalen Harrell with one and a half sacks. Kenneth Grant with one and a half sacks. We'll talk about him in just a second. Mason Graham, Chris Jenkins, each with half a sack. Um, so I, I just thought the defense did a really good job. And Doug Brumfield, UNLV's quarterback, is more mobile. So he was trying to extend some of those plays. And Really, they came back to bite him just a little bit because he was trying to buy time. But those Michigan defenders were relentless, obviously very athletic, getting back there to the passer. So really good stuff, I thought, from the Michigan defensive line once again. That includes against the run. Uh, this includes sack yardage, so obviously factors in there. But UNLV with just nine rushing yards through three quarters before Michigan really emptied the bench there in the fourth quarter. But, you know, another dominant display and Kenneth Grant is a guy that we have to talk about a little bit on his own individually because he's been so disruptive. And again, there's the caveat with these games with everything that we got to see it against a better competition. But he has been pretty much unblockable for good chunks of these first two games. Um, you know, he, he just looks like, you know, one of those typical SEC Georgia defensive line. I'm not saying he's playing like an elite lineman yet. Um, you know, we got to see that. I, I need to see more of him, but he has the look of it. And the production so far against these weaker opponents, again, ha has been really, really good. He has the, the batted pass on a third and 10. I thought that was great, showing that he has another tool in his toolbox there. Uh, but constant disruption, getting off of double teams, eating up double teams when he has to. Uh, he has just been really, really good. Braden McGregor also deserves a shot out there couple really nice tackles, shoestring tackles. He's 
seems to you know really like that have that in his bag thought he played really well against the run and you know we'll talk about depth in a second here with some of the backups disappointing third fourth stringers but Michigan's depth on the defensive line is real and there are you know it's a cliche but there are about seven eight nine ten starters quote unquote that that are on this defensive line right now takeaway number three let's stick with the defense we saw Will Johnson for the first time this year coming back from his injury he played a few snaps in the second quarter there they said he's fine even though he came out, they just wanted to get him a few game reps. So I think we'll see him get worked in a little bit more as time goes on, assuming there are no setbacks. No Rod Moore this week. Again, Makari Page was was limited at safety last week, but did not play. He was ruled out before this game. Uh, but it seems like he's getting close as well. Maybe that was by design after getting him some, him some snaps last week. Uh, Keon Saab, I thought was solid again, wasn't as active. Zeke Barry. Another sophomore looked like he got banged up early on on a special teams play. But really the takeaway here is I thought that the secondary was a little some good, some bad in this game. Few too many missed tackles. Uh, Quentin Johnson led the team with three missed tackles, according to PFF. Keon Saab did miss a tackle. Keyshawn Harris missed a tackle. Late in the game, Cam Calhoun missed a tackle. So really the takeaway is that some of the depth there – it's good they're developing that, and Jay Harbaugh said it's a blessing in a way that, that these guys have this opportunity to play. But I just think this defensive line or defensive backfield is going to look a hell of a lot better with Will Johnson, Rod Moore, McCarty Page, all healthy back there. And I know that's not some sort of bold statement, but it was kind of clear in this game that they missed those guys. Mike Sainer still thought pretty solid in this one as well after a big game in the opener, and it's really nice to have him back there, his leadership. Uh, for those guys on the back end, especially the young guys that are stepping in for the first time. Let's move over to the offense again, Michigan's run game. Kind of a mixed bag there as well. Uh, looking at the numbers here, Michigan rushing 33 times for 179 yards, three touchdowns, all of them to Blake Corum. They did get some stuff in the untraditional run game. Cornelius Johnson with a 26-yard rush uh, on a little bit of a reverse. J.J. McCarthy. As we mentioned, 38 yards on the ground. Jack Tuttle with a 14-yard rush uh, before he got hurt. And then a couple guys late in the game getting carries, two, three yards, things like that. Um, look, I mean, Blake Corum said it after the game. He was not satisfied with his performance. I thought he looked pretty darn good, but we all know what an absolutely prime Blake Corum is. So you kind of have to compare it to the expectations. You kind of have to compare it to the level we know he can play at. He said he, he's going to get there. It's going to come. Mike Hart said that he told him, hey, stop dancing around back there. Stop hesitating. Just go, and the big plays will happen on their own. Don't try to find them. So uh, I think Blake Corm's getting there in, in two, three weeks. I don't think we're going to even remember that he was, you know, trying to shake off some of the rust early on in the season. Maybe we'll remember it, but it, it will be completely irrelevant because he's going to get back to that level. He had 15 carries, 80 yards in this game. They didn't break the big run which I think is really the biggest thing. And Mike Hart said that too after the game, where if they would have broken one of those, they would have been over 200 yards and nobody would have been saying, hey, what about the run game? Uh, in the blocking department, I thought Michigan got really good push on the offensive line on several different plays, including with Blake Corum down at the goal line, you know, scoring his three touchdowns fairly easily. And credit goes to him there too, but there was really good push, good push on other plays. Others, were there were some missed assignments, including with the tight ends. I think they got to clean that up a little bit. And you got to be confident that Sharon Moore will, uh, him being back 
after his one game suspension on the sideline for Michigan calling the plays. I thought that looked fantastic. Loved the way he mixed things up. And then also with the offensive line, you got to believe there's going to be more adjustments that he will make going forward. But Donovan Edwards got to talk about him as well. Uh, his stat line here is six carries, nine yards long of four yards. Now we did have a pass or a reception that was really nice. It was basically a run play JJ tossing it forward to him as they do. Uh, I thought that was um, that was good. Two things were true about Donovan Edwards' performance. One, I didn't think he ran that well. I thought he got the minimum amount that he could have gotten on some plays. I think he probably knows that, and we'll see that when he goes back and watches the film, and I'm sure he already has. Um, two, I also don't think there was a ton to get on some of his runs. You know, it seemed like – it's not like the offensive line was blocking better for, for Blake Corum or even half the time knows who's back there, but it just seemed to be – whatever it was, the plays with how the defense was lining up, missed assignment here, missed assignment there, that that Donovan Edwards had less to work with than Blake Corm. So I think it'll even out, but it's clear to me right now that Don, or Blake Corm is going to be the bell cow. He's going to be the guy, and Donovan Edwards will be the change of pace. He'll be the guy that plays on the field with him at the same time, in the slot, in the backfield, out wide, and that's still going to be a really dangerous combination. Last takeaway of this game, real, real quick, the backups, a little bit disappointing again in the fourth quarter. It's too bad Jack Tuttle got hurt after running out of bounds, getting pushed out of bounds on a late hit. We have to be clear about something, too, though. In many cases, this were this was Michigan's threes and fours against UNLV's twos. Um, but some disappointing stuff. I thought Davis Warren, uh, a rough interception from him against zone coverage. Really no, no excuse for that one, especially out of a guy who you would think wants to become Michigan's starter down the road. Small sample size one play, but I think he knows he's going to have to clean that up. Defense allows a 20-yard run right up the middle for a touchdown. Those guys uh, committing two penalties, the backups there in the fourth quarter, and Michigan averaging only 4.9 yards per play with the backups in. Meanwhile, UNLV at 7.2 yards per play, and you know, just like ECU last year, I know that was on a sad field goal, but the UNLV backups able to score and you know not get shut out again, something that Michigan is striving for, something that they've talked about. So still need to see a little bit more out of those guys. Um, but at the same time, again, the twos were kind of mixing in a lot of at a lot of positions early on in the game. And this was threes and fours in some cases, some freshmen out there th for their first time. So it's still valuable experience. But Michigan with a 35 to seven win over UNLV. Bowling Green next week, last game without Jim Harbaugh. Sharon Moore will be the interim head coach. Keep it locked at thewolverine.com for all of your Michigan football coverage all week long, and we will see you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.